welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plaster, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand chum, bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 193, and we've got a full roundup of news, views, and just a small matter of our away game against table-topping Exeter City to review. We've also been fortunate enough to have an exclusive message from Chairman Nigel Travis that came into us this morning, which we'll play uh, towards the end uh, of this episode. So I think uh, uh, in view of the excitement that might be ensuing, let's crack on <laughs> with this show. Well, let's start the show by giving a shout out to our sponsors, AJF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company, and they cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And as we mentioned every week, the best part for this is that they offer 15% off for all O's fans and for O's staff. So for more information and for the best plastering and rendering prices around, there's three ways you can contact these guys. First of all, by good old fashioned email, it's ajfplastering at outlook.com. Very easy to remember that one. Or on Facebook, where you can visit ajfplastering uh, by just typing that in into the search bar. Or lastly, on Twitter, uh, by looking for at big ads lofc. Ads is ADZ. So, three ways to get in contact with those guys give them an email, give them a shout on Facebook or on Twitter and they will sort you out proper. <laughs> Supporters Club updates. There's a couple of trips to tell you about here. On Tuesday, we're going to be hosting crew at 7.45 kickoff. The doors to the Supporters Club will be open at 5 o'clock, and again, straight after the game. The two trips uh, that we have to tell you about. Firstly, coaches to Northampton on Saturday, the 5th of October, will cost 25 quid for adults and £22 for concessions. The departure time is 11 o'clock. It's not that far to go, to be fair, so that's a 3 o'clock kickoff. Then Saturday, the 19th of October, we travel to Grimsby. This trip will cost £36 for adults and £33 for concessions, with the coach leaving the supporters' club early doors for that one. That's an 8 o'clock departure. A little bit further to go for that 3 o'clock kickoff. All the trips will cost you an additional £3 if you're not a member. The under-15s travel for half price and must be with an adult. And please remember that the price is quoted. Do not include your match day ticket. You can book any of these trips by going into the supporters club on a match day. Um, or you can call the travel line on 07722135970. So just a quick Leighton Orient Trust update this week. And as previously mentioned on the podcast, the Trust have a free taste session for women's walking football this Tuesday before the crew game. Uh, and it's over 40s for this one. You can go to the score centre between 6 to 7pm to try out this great social sport. We covered it uh, actually and spoke about it on the Orient Hour that we'll come on to shortly. Um, a fantastic way to meet Orient fans and to wear the Orient shirt. Um, which I can't wait to do in ten and a half years. That was your life away. <laughs> Move, so, no. Yeah, mo- moving on then. Uh, a couple of birthdays coming up this week. Firstly, happy 21st, big 21st to um, Orient Fan TV's very own Luke. Uh, well done uh, to you and hope you have a great time celebrating. And also, happy 23rd birthday for this coming Tuesday to Guy Coleman, Guy who sits behind us. So, happy birthday to you both. We both hope you have a great day and hopefully we'll get three points for you on Tuesday night. Nicely done to be 21 or even 23 again, my friend. 
Madness. Uh, madness. And that feels like a lifetime ago. As the uh, yeah, as the forty clock is counting down upon us imminently. So let's move on in to the week that was and course on Monday, 9th of September, and at three PM the club announced that right back Samling has signed a one year contract extension, tying him to the club until twenty twenty one. So for me, good move for the club, well deserved for Sam, he's had a good start to this season. And I think it's not the first player we've seen tie himself down for another year. So again, bringing back that stability, that consistency to the team. So really happy with that. As I say, well-deserved. And Sam is still a very young footballer, still learning his traits. It's easy to forget that obviously we had him when he was very young. Mm -hmm. He went to Daggers for about a year and a half, came back. He's still a young kid learning the game. Fair play. Happy with that. You? Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that um, last season I was quite critical of him. Um, this season, I think he's done very well. I don't think um, a lot of fans thought that this was a good thing in the sense that they don't feel that his performances so far this season have warranted it. But I think for me, I think that's a good, a good, uh, a good move by the club, um, and I think that's a sensible move by the club as well. I think you're right. Sam played through injuries last season. I think he's now fit and fresh, uh, and for me, I think yeah, he's an important member of the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So to who a Tuesday, tenth of September. Yeah, Tower Hamlets FC announced that they would be facing the O's in the London Senior Cup on Tuesday, the twenty fourth of September at the Mile End Stadium. Kick off for that one uh, is seven forty five. Yeah, nice local one. Yeah, yeah I think that'll probably be a decent turnout for that one. It's E fourteen Mile End Stadium. It's a bit misleading. It's not in Mile End. Oh, it's E fourteen. Good spot. Apparently yeah. is the postcode. So yeah. Fine. Good knowledge there from Mr. Lee. Thank you, You're welcome. And then in the evening, what we do. Royal Satoria was an international international action for Cyprus as they played away to Holland under 21s. Uh, might I add, he opened the scoring yeah. in the 10th minute with a very well taken goal. Um, beat his man, finished it beautifully under the keeper. But unfortunately for him, uh, he was on the losing side as the Dutch eventually ran out 5 1. Winners, so from yeah. the podcast, a very yeah, well, well done. done on your goal. I mean, that was a first 10 minutes, wasn't it? I yeah, think. really good goal, took it well. And this is a player who can't, for the most part, even get on our match day squad, but a talent to look out for. You'd expect him to start kicking and pushing on this season. No, well, I don't know, it depends. Um, not necessarily. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still young, um, he's still got a lot to learn, and being around the first team will obviously give him that. Uh, I'd argue that how many of his his opponents and also his teammates are playing first team football in a league like League Two in a professional league? Because remember, obviously, other countries don't have a league pyramid like we do. Um, so you'd argue, I'd argue that um, he's probably far more advanced, playing a far high level than many of his possibly many of his compatriots, and maybe even some of the Dutch boys. They might be in the youth sides of Dutch clubs. Maybe don't know. Don't really know enough about it, but no, I think that he'd be—he's a good squad player, and he yet yeah, he needs to push on and push others. But obviously, you know, when you've got Angle and Wilkinson and um, Harold, and, and at the moment Matt Harold, he's not going to get ahead of them at the moment. Yes, at the moment. But at the moment, Matt Harold's only on a one-year contract, so Matt may well leave at the end. You of could next potentially season. argue that Satoru could. Be more deserving of a place on the bench than a certain Mr. James Alabi, who yeah. you could argue is very similar to Matt Harold. But we don't manage a team, we just it's comment. It's our job to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Wednesday, the 11th of September, it was a very quiet day at the club with no news to report, just how we like. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing was the anniversary of September the 11th, the Twin Towers. 
Uh, that's the only thing from a news perspective, but nothing Orient related. Oh. Mr. Levy's on fire tonight with his curveball. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thursday, the 12th of September. Then we move on. Then the club announced that under 18 defender Alex Solomon has been called up by Cyprus under 17s to play Armenia in a warm up game before the UEFA under 17 European Championship qualifying campaign in late October. Good luck to you, Alex, and it's great that we've got more youngsters being recognised by their national teams. Yeah, really amazing. I've not heard of Alex Solomon, to be honest, but good yeah, for us. Across him, yeah. Good no. for the club, amazingly. And in yeah. the evening, yourself, Stan Chums, return to the Phoenix FM studios for our second live hosting appearance as we were joined by O's CEO, Danny Macklin. And as there were plenty of questions asked, so thank you to anyone who sent in a question. We got absolutely tons. If yours wasn't answered, um, apologies or asked uh, but you can email Danny at dmacklin at leightonorient.net dmacklin dmacklin at leightonorient.net Mr Levy's having a storm it's like 10 out of 10 so far there were plenty of exclusives going out so just a few that I remember off the top of my head the third kit will be revealed on Friday so this coming Friday the third kit gets revealed we also spoke about the Diversity Hub. There's a few changes with the Diversity Hub and the East Stand. So Danny went through those really, really well. We spoke about pretty much everything that you'd want to ask a CEO about catering, about match day income, streaming, about streaming. So any questions that have been on your mind or anything that you don't know about, and if you get a spare hour, go and download the latest Orient Hour episode. And a massive thanks to Danny for coming on the show. And thanks uh, to Andy Gilson for sorting that out for us because we didn't sort it out. And thanks to Phoenix FM for, help, for having us. Absolutely. And I have to say, Danny uh, was fantastic. He is honest and upfront. You know, there, there's no hiding behind anything. There's no smoke and mirrors. There, there's no trickery. He's just a straight up guy that's just trying to do a, the, the best that he can do. Um, and I think, to be fair, I think he... I think he's doing pretty damn good at it. To I would agree. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Danny, and thanks for uh, coming on and uh, and being so honest and open uh, with us. We are just a couple of fans that get to do stuff like that, so we're very very lucky in that regard. Um, so thanks to Phoenix. Yeah. So Mooney Friday, then the thirteenth of September. Unlucky for some. The under 18s though, they were <laughs> in action. It wasn't unlucky for them. They beat Cambridge United three one at home uh, with Lawrence Hammond scoring a hat-trick. So well done to the young O's. Yeah, another young player who I've not really heard of in terms of Lawrence Hammond, but scoring a hat-trick. So yeah, him and Alex Solomon on fire. Yeah. Really good to Fantastic. see. Fantastic. So moving on into Saturday, the 14th of September, and it's time for the main event as we faced unbeaten tabletoppers at Exeter City away. And before the game, we ran a Twitter <coughs> poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on. And after 280 votes in 24 hours... It is how you voted. And for the first time, I think, ever in last place was an Orient win. So an Orient win had 20% of the vote. I think that's the first time we've ever had Orient win come out with the lowest percentage. In second place, 23% of you thought the game would end in a draw with a huge majority of 57%, including the own bearded legend. No, 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 I was in draw. Oh, draw you thought draw. Sorry, yeah. I thought you pointed yourself for lose. No. Uh, 57% for Orient would lose to so that cynical bunch, getting even more cynical, yeah. possibly after last week's performance it was against totally Swindon Town. Performance. Totally, 57%, whoever that, how many people that was, 190, 140 people, was all day long because of what happened at Swindon, because Exeter were unbeaten. Yeah, absolutely. All day long. So thank you for all of your votes. Obviously, the more votes we get, the better. So yeah. keep sending us your votes for our Twitter post. Yeah, so the team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal with Ling, Coulson, Epiteta and Wooderson. And this is the bit that you'll need to listen to if you haven't. 
Wright, Gorman, Marsh, JMD, Dennis, and Angle, with Sergeant Clay, Wilkinson, Judd, Harold, OG, and Alabi on the bench. Yeah, so that meant there were four changes to the starting eleven against Swindon, as George Marsh made his first league start in place of Craig Clay, who dropped to the bench. JMD was named in the team as James Brophy missed out with a fire injury, and Dan Happy missed the game due to family reasons. For for me, and like we say every week, we write these reasons down or our views down as soon as we see the team. Yeah. So not after, so to get a decent reaction. So for me at the time, so it looks like a well balanced team, strong in the middle, with good wide options. Obviously, we're starting JMD and Dennis gives you good wide options, and in that middle, you've got Gorman. Right, and Marshall, we're going to fight for you, really battle and tear it up. Um, and like I said, Gorman and JMD, based on the last couple of weeks, deserve their chance in the team. And who would have thought we'd be saying Craig Clay drops to the bench at the end of last season because of the season he had had? So fair play to Ross as well for making that move because it would have been easy just to go, okay, we stick with Clay. But on form, Gorman's probably the right person to bring in, so well done there. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, Ross has clearly rung the changes here and this is actually quite exciting. Look forward to seeing how Marsh does and also Gorman and JMD who both did well when they came on last week. Is it harsh on Clay? That's the that's the million dollar question. Obviously, as it turned out, no. Because, um, because obviously of the result, it's a result business. Well, if you remember, Clay was bought off last week after about an hour. So he only played an hour against Swindon before Gorman came on. I mean, maybe he's carrying a slight injury that the club don't want to announce but it looks like the mm. team is being picked on form and what's Which going right. on yeah Which absolutely right. that's so how it should be no one's place is safe so you have to fight for your place and I think Ross has been accused of being too sentimental by certain fans that we get tweets in from but you definitely couldn't say that upon the team lineup looking no absolutely yesterday yeah so I th- I lended my note by saying could this be a 4-1 4-1 formation but it gives you um, we get a bit hung up on formations but it's an interesting talking point yeah so mm. lots of different formations that you could play so it looked like a 4-3-3 and going forward but it could drop into a 4-5-1 yeah. defending so really exciting so we were all happy with the team lineup, or were we let's have a look at your views that <laughs> came into it Matty <clears throat> Sari tweeted us before the game said like the look of this a lot Clay possibly unlucky but it looks like a well-balanced 11. Paul underscore LT2P said, Fair play to Ross and his team. They said they would change it, and they have. Good to see Marsh playing. Let's hope we're on it. Yeah, and at Lawton Gamp tweeted us, saying, Happy to see Marsh, Dennis and JMD all start, but would be even happier if Brophy was fit as well. Feel he's such an important player in away games. Basically, it's a free shot today. So interested to see how we do. So a free shot by that, I'm assuming he means the fact that we're not expected to win. So if we lose, it's a win-win if yeah. we get anything yeah, out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So the match kicked off with the O's looking to upset top of the table, Exeter City, and register their first win at St James's Park since 2001. Wow, that's a long time ago. That is a very long time ago. That's when we were actually 21. So fourth minute, a ball out to the right from Dean Moxie. Find Randall Williams, who forced a good save from Dean Brooks. A bit of early pressure there coming yeah. in from Exeter. And in the ninth minute, uh, Josh Wright miscued his effort into the path of Louis Dennis, who shot wide. Yeah, 23 minutes as we fast forward through this first half. Then Ryan Bowman beat the offside trap and from five yards shot at Dean Brill, but he made the save. Yeah, I mean, Brill was caught, looked like Brill was called into action quite early on a few times and done well and was criticised last week by a few fans but good to see Bill there 
making a few saves, getting his confidence back up if it was low. I mean, he doesn't really strike me as the type of keeper who would lose confidence off the back of conceding many, but it's yeah. always good for a keeper to touch the ball early, to make a save here and there, just to get rid of I any think, nerves that he would have had. I think within the management team and probably within the majority of the playing staff, they don't get too high on a, on a, top, on a good win. So if you thrash a team 4-0, they don't suddenly go, oh, we're big time. But by the same token, if they were to lose 4-0, yeah. they don't get too down and think, oh my God, we are awful. We're just a terrible bunch of players and like, we should just quit. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. two parallels there, I think it's just quite level-headed, unlike fans who think, oh my God, we're going to yeah. get relegated or oh my God, we're going to get promoted. I think that was very much a Justin <clears throat> thing. I remember Justin used to say that I, we, we come yeah. back in whether it's when I lose with the same kind of we learn, we move on and we go again the next week. Yeah, yeah consistent attitude, yeah. Absolutely. So it was a bit of a tasty game, this one. Lots yeah. of uh, tackles Book flying in. Sam Ling got booked. was the first Orient player to be booked. First of many for a foul. <laughs> Sadly. In the 24th minute. And a minute later, Josh Wright thought he'd get himself in the book as well. So he was booked in the 25th minute. Yeah, 30th minute then, an excellent sliding challenge from George Marsh denied Taylor a run on goal after a through ball into the box. Yeah, so it's worth saying we covered the games very loosely, but at this point we were seeing lots of tweets on social media saying George Marsh was having a really, really good, good game, game and really yeah. running it in the middle like he was doing against Southampton United when we saw him make his debut and in the 31st minute. Exeter had the ball in the net through Nicky Law, but the referee called. There was a handball in the build-up, so the goal was ruled out. I did see that come up, uh, um, goal, and I was like, oh God, here, <laughs> here it goes, the cascade, it's, you know, it's about to start. Exeter did take the lead though in the 40th minute through Pierce Sweeney as a cross came in from the left-hand side, misheaded by Lee Martin, their man, and the ball fortuitously fell into the path of the oncoming Sweeney, who hit it through a number of bodies, and the ball went into the back of the net and made Exeter the leaders at this point by goal to nil. Bit of a disappointing goal to concede there, I think. I think their player, Lee Martin, when he runs in, completely miscues his header and it's kind of taken away our players a bit by surprise and the ball's just come loose to the oncoming Sweeney and he's just hit it into the ground and it's just bounced into the corner. But I think we'll probably be disappointed with the goal conceded. But again, for me, no chance for Brill. I think Brill wasn't getting anywhere near that due to the finish. Um, and yeah, and at one down with 40 minutes, you're thinking, come on, we need to really get back into this quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I thought it was a bit of a poor goal to concede. I mean, you could probably argue that there was no one following Sweeney in. Yeah. There was no one there to stop that at all. There was a massive gap um, in the box and he had all the time to... He could have taken a touch and shot before someone got to him, I think, from, from the replay that yeah, I've yeah, seen. You're right. Um, so, I just again, we're just not on it in our own box. Just that little lapse, isn't it? Just yeah. that little lapse. Yeah. Just that People opposition being slightly quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Slightly quicker to the ball. So, at that point, we're thinking, come on, let's not concede another one. Let's get back into it. But fear not. Yeah, as four minutes later, Liango levelled the scores with his third goal of the season as Josh Wright passed to Dal Gorman. And Dal Gorman let fly from about 30 yards. His shot was kind of scuffed, but Angle done well, stuck his leg it's almost out. almost like a brilliant pass. If, if I was Gorman, I'd be saying, oh, I meant that to go straight to Angle. Yeah. <laughs> Angle stuck his leg out. The Exeter players looking around for offside. He wasn't, he clearly wasn't, just to keep it to beat. And Angle very coolly poked it under the keeper. Great finish. One all back in the game. For me, really happy with Angle. We had discussion last week and... I have, think I have to admit I was probably wrong so I said I'd go with Walkinson and the one up top mm-hmm. but you know if any yeah, scores I, I can't say fairer than that and that was actually our first shot on target and we scored from it 44 so, minutes yeah 
it doesn't matter if it's 44 minutes you can have 10 and not score in the first half oh, or have absolutely. one and yeah, score one so and one. Yeah. really good to see yeah and they didn't hold their lead for too long because had they got into half time with their lead I think it's a completely different team talk and Exeter will come out completely different mindset yeah absolutely I think Angles really showed good feet there and really good composure uh, in that finish so yeah absolutely brilliant and that's why he'd be my one up top if he went one up top yeah, fair play um, so yeah really well done to Lee Angle he also gave it the old McCullum salute there did he yeah so maybe oh. that's going to be what Angle brings back to the club there you go the remainder of the half <laughs> is played out with two minutes of additional time played and the teams go in level at half time 1-1 one, one. yeah so we all would have taken that so a few mm. tweets into us at Orient Alley at half time firstly from Magic underscore Johns who says Marsh looks simply a class above, wants it, and is happy to take the ball anywhere in any situation. Colson looks all over the place and looks like he's still injured. It's going to be tough going up top with one up front, but the guys are trying to support the best they can. Steve Forkar said, not looking at all bad. A lot of standing watching for the goal, and the right wing is putting a lot of pressure on Widdison, but generally defence looks okay. A lot of breath holding went in our box, and the rest of the formation is settling well. Yes, yeah, so that kind of feeds into how their goal actually came about was the fact that there's so much time and space in our own box. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for all the tweets at half time. We get loads, obviously, at full time, but you can tweet us at any point during the game at Orient Outlook. So the attendance was announced at 4,933 with an amazing 400. And 38 away fans making the journey. That's another it's a massive number. early lead, that one. Because you have to leave them plenty of good time to get to Exeter. Mm-hmm. That's a long, long, long journey. And that was the first best away attendance of the day behind Grimsby and Plymouth. So we're obviously making our numbers known to lead to and making a difference. So yeah. kudos to those 438 making the journey. Yep, so the second half kicked off with no changes for the O's. And then with 53 minutes on the clock, the O's took the lead. Uh, Lee Angle controlled the ball well, passed through to JMD, who saw Louis Dennis on the left-hand side. He sent uh, the away fan, fans wild as he cut across the 18-yard box and his shot deflected beyond Ward in the extra goal to make it 2-1. Amazing. When I saw that come bit through. Bit of luck, yeah? Yeah, but sometimes you've got to have that bit of Absolutely. luck. We've seen that luck go against yeah. us you know, last week, in fact, at Swindon with the old deflected cross. So... About, about time we've had that bit of luck because I think their keeper's easily saving Dennis's shot but the touch takes it past the keeper really good well done the angle and the build up really strong to get the ball to JMD in the first place and there's still a lot to do from there but you've got to win it and be in it to get that position absolutely. first and that's going to do Dennis's confidence absolutely no harm so that's his first Orient goal obviously we thought he scored against Mansfield but that went to JMD so chuff for Dennis to get his first Orient goal and yeah we crack on from here yeah, absolutely. Well done, Louis, for for having the um, the bravery, shall we say, to shoot from from there because it wasn't like there was a, a clear cut opening for him. He's shot at goal, and 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 like you said, we've had that bit of luck that we've probably maybe we wouldn't deserve on the balance of play. But absolutely, it's one all. Where are we? Fifty three minutes in, and yeah, exactly how you want to start start that second half. Get on the front foot and be aggressive attack minded and, and, and if you've got the chance to shoot shoot yeah and he because makes that him, that can happen and he makes himself undroppable for the next game so like he JMD really, against yeah. Swindon last week we all left saying JMD has to start the next game Dennis has come off the back of a goal yeah make make yourself undroppable that's what if I was Ross that's what I'd be saying to yeah. my players 
Make You've got a chance here. Yeah. Don't let me drop you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So 54th minute, another booking for the O's. This was the third one as JMD was booked for a foul as Exeter looked to counter-attack. So JMD taking one for the team. Absolutely. Not much to talk about for the next 15 or so minutes as Exeter were looking for a way back into the game but unable to create any chances. And Josh Coulson picked up the fourth booking in the 64th minute. Yeah, so let's fast forward. The O's still 2-1 up in the 71st minute as Craig Clay came off for Dal Gorman as the O's made their first sub of the game. 77 minutes as we fast forward then, it's the second sub for the O's, as Connor Wilkinson was brought on in place of Louis Dennis, and George Marsh is the next O's player to be booked. That's booking number five, and we're only 77 minutes yeah. in. George Marsh looks like a player who might pick up a few bookings. I'd say but so. that's part of his game. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Absolutely. No problems with that happening whatsoever. So let's fast forward to five minutes to go, the 85th minute, and it's the final sub for the O's, is James Alabi came on for JMD. A few eyebrows raised at that one. We did get quite a few tweets about Alabi's performance that will come on to that post-match. Why would you think Ross would have made that change? 4-4-2, bit more flatter? Maybe, well, Ross explains it um, in his interview oh, okay. that I've listened to, so I won't kind of give the game away, okay. but we'll come back to that. And then he, well, just a minute later, chance for Exeter as they were really starting to pile the pressure on as Bowman headed over from Sweeney's cross. And a minute later, it was Bowman again, but this time his effort was saved by Dean Brill. So not much for Dean Brill to do in the second half, but I think we all felt that he would have to be massively alert because we knew they were going to steamroll yeah. on in the last five, ten minutes to try and preserve that unbeaten run and exactly. to stay top of the table. Yeah, exactly. 89th minute, Dean Brill to the rescue again as he saved two headers. He firstly pushed the header out and then holds Fisher's Flicked efforts. Oh, it's like really squeaky bum time in the away end there. Thinking like two point blank type efforts. Um, you're thinking, God, they, they are literally going to nick a point. Proper squeaky bum time. And the squeaky bum time didn't help when the ref or the assistant ref put up a huge seven minutes of added time. So someone must have, we haven't covered it, but someone must have gone down injured. Well, no, I think, I think we were accused of time-wasting. So lots of tweets from Mexican fans saying we were absolutely taking the pee when we had gone 2-1 up with just time. And then obviously, I think you factor in probably the bookings, factor in the subs, factor in the second-half goal, because they had made all their subs as well. But seven minutes seems like quite a lot yeah. of time. Five, probably. But there you go. Yeah. So in the 93rd minute... Our hearts were in our mouths as Exeter were awarded a penalty. Seymour got in front of Josh Coulson in the box. A bit of a tangle, I think it's fair to say. Seymour gets down, but it appears to try and get up to play on. But the ref did point to the spot. For me, it looked a little soft. It wasn't quite blatant contact, but it was contact. And I think the ref is always given those in that situation. And if I was a ex, if, I, if that was an Orient player, I'd be appealing be for that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely for you. Um, I think their man ties up. Ties Josh up in knots a little bit, um, but I'm not sure Josh was the cause of their man going down. I think their man's kind of turned and twisted to get away and stumbled in doing so. Um, but then he's got up, as you just said, to play on. Um, but then the, the the ref gives him the gives gives him the penalty. Now for me, you see it plenty of times before. If that guy had been um, fouled, he'd be like lying on the floor going, ref, give me a penalty. But he didn't. He got up and carried on. And he's by the byline. And as far as he's concerned, he's not looked back. So as far as he's concerned, Josh is still with him. So for me, I think it's a... I, I don't... It's a soft penalty. Of course it is. 
if you're an Exeter fan, you want that. Obviously, as an Orient fan, you don't. But for me, I think that's a really, really soft penalty. But the ref can only get to see it. I mean, I've watched it like over like four or five times just yeah. to see whether or not there was contact. And at, at sort of normal pace, it doesn't look to me, I don't think that's a penalty. Okay, we'll have to but agree you to get given them yeah. and you don't get given them sometimes. You know, that's, that's just how it goes. So the ball I mean, was played. If that's Dave Mooney, that's a blatant penalty. <laughs> if that's Mooney, that's two penalties. So <laughs> upstep Nicky Law, who's a bit of a late hero at Exeter, as it seems, because he scored a, a lot of very, very late goals this season. So he stepped up and he made no mistakes. He sent Brill the wrong way, put the ball into the net and it was 2-2. Two, two. And I'm lucky for the edge. But at this point, there was still five minutes left and there was still quite a few scrambles that we had to survive to get through the end of the game. But the rest of the game was played out and the full-time whistle went as the O's picked up a deserved point at table-topping and still <coughs> undefeated Exeter City after coming so close to getting that elusive I wasn't win in front at St James's the, Park. I wasn't in front of the telly um, much and or on my phone over the weekend, uh, on Saturday rather, but when I put uh, Soccer Saturday on and I saw that it was 2-1, I thought that was the end result. So I'm cheering in my living room and then I'm like, oh, and then it comes up on the ticker, uh, Exeter City scored a penalty. I was like, oh no. Mate, you should know better than that. But so anyway, so moving swiftly on then, you don't need to know about my Saturday uh, afternoon. Um, Dave Victor, thank you very much indeed uh, for your continued support. We have um, Dave's um, uh, post-match interview sorry, with Ross from yesterday. So this is what Ross had to say. Ross, thanks for joining us. Against the side that started the afternoon top of the table, I suspect you feel a bit disappointed. It's just a point. Very um, surreal feeling. Um, come in there and just said to the lads that did we deserve to win? Probably not, but well, certainly not. Um, is it really frustrating to concede a goal in the, in the, whatever it was, five minutes to go in injury time? Then, yeah, of course it is. But if you look back, we'd, we'd, we'd have taken a point here um, in, in the circumstances. And after last week's disappointing performance, I thought it was a step in the right direction. The contrast the last week was enormous. And you made a lot of significant changes, both in terms of personnel and formation. Yeah, uh, we've, we've had a really good week, Dave. Um, probably looked to myself a lot in terms of you know obviously the comments that I made off the back of last week so I looked to myself a lot and I looked at myself as well in terms of what I do day to day and I feel that there's been elements of the way that I work with the players and the the way that I sort of manage myself that hasn't totally always been me at times so I took a lot of reflection on that and we've done some lot of work this week on a, on a clear week to make sure that we came into this game tactically better prepared and I thought the way the boys executed the uh, that side of the game today was really good I, I would like to really like to see in the first half I thought we, we looked compact and, and solid not a great goal to concede but I felt that we had um, a real um, we, we were clever in the way that we sort of counter-attacked and, and, and looked to hurt the opposition Dean Mill made a couple of good saves. The post came to the rescue. Also, they could have had a ball, but it was handball. Um, it was coming, wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like I said, there, I don't, personally don't think we deserve to win it, but it's obviously a real, real devastating blow to concede the goal as late as we did. But I think, um, yeah, we, you know, the goal lived a charmed life at times, and, and Dino kept us in it. But I thought the way we defended our box, you know, deserved that, that 
that point out of the game, if you like, and, uh, and, and that grit and determination that, that the boys have really shown today. But in that context, under so much pressure and then coming behind, they showed a lot of character to come back. Yeah, I mean, this team's up there, and I'm sure they will be. For you know, and They always are in this league. They're always very competitive. So we knew it was going to be tough. And, and when you go a goal down in, a, in the way that we did, so close to half-time, you sort of think very, very frustrating because I thought tactically we got it right in the first half. So I thought we got what we deserved out of the first half, if I'm totally honest. And then, like I say, we knew how we could we could try to, to hurt them on the on the counter-attack. And obviously to go 2-1 up was, was, a, was obviously a great feeling. But, yeah... George Marsh, his first league start, he impressed, didn't he? He did, he did. Um, mentioned George on a number of occasions that we knew, we know, and we knew that we, that we signed in a good player. It was just when George was going to get his chance in the team, and he's been very patient. Um, he performed well when he when he played against Southend, and it's just been, not been the right time for him to, to step in. And I think. Um, at the same time, Dal Gorman got his chance as well today, and I thought for the 70 minutes that, that he was on the pitch, um, in, in midfield we looked very compact and, and, and did a very good job. Game management in the closing stages, it was going to be so tough, wasn't it? Yeah, and they were putting us under a lot of pressure. Um, to try to make one or two changes. We thought James's pace and aggression and you know, ability to sort of run with a ball, if you like, would help to get us up the pitch, but we just couldn't get that, that hold to, to get us right up here and take that little bit of pressure off. So, like I say, felt like it was coming, but at the same time, disappointed to concede it especially in stoppage time and the way in which the penalty was conceded yeah scruffy I haven't seen it back yet but it looked as if the, the, the wingers sort of moved Joe out and it gave a, gave them a good opportunity to get the ball up to up to the, the front man that was running on and it looked as it, definitely a penalty but it, it, it looked as if he sort of got stuck under Corsi's feet and, and wriggled away from him and he's trying to sort of get back at it and there was still another five minutes to go <laughs> yeah it didn't feel like that for about 55 minutes but uh, again we, we showed a good reaction I think our big problem this year has been that at times we concede at crucial times which we've done again today which is obviously very very disappointing but then there seems to be like another big opportunity or sometimes a second goal that comes and it obviously really concerned us that we conceded that goal but the boys stuck at it and, and, and I say defended the, the box really well and, and got us over the line over 400 travelling fans they paid their part didn't they? yeah brilliant you know, it's great to hear the Justin song been trying to pick up the words of it over the last couple of weeks so it's um, it was great to, great to hear that and it, the backing that we got I, I wasn't sure how many numbers as we would have but to see people arriving just before we went in after the warm up was, uh, was fantastic and they certainly helped us get over the line Important now to put in a big performance at home on Tuesday Yeah that's obviously a big concern of mine is that we haven't I think we've performed well in the Crawley and the um and the Stevenage games at home and never got the results that both those two performances warranted um, obviously last week was very disappointing so we're very conscious that we need to improve our home form I said to the boys in there that a point away from home at a team at the top, at, top end of the league is, is always a real positive and if you're picking up points you've got to try to improve that by, by picking up three at home so we'll, give a, we'll, you know, we'll certainly give it a good go to be best prepared to do that against crew Can we have an update on the absentees Dan Happy and uh, James Brophy not included today? Yeah James Brophy um, has been suffering with a bit of a uh, tight quad um, and it's we sort of got him through the last couple of games and we felt that with a clear week we could give him a bit of time off his feet to see how it improved and it never improved to the level to be ready for today so we're hoping with the work that he's done back at home today at the training ground that he might be a bit closer for Tuesday uh, Dan's had a, had a sort of a family issue if you like that, that that's meant that he didn't travel with us today um, so we hope to see Dan right as rain and back to normal in terms of being in and in contention for the team um, on Tuesday night. Obviously, it's the absentees of Jamie Turley running again. James Dayton's doing a lot more work today and, and you probably see Joby in the distance somewhere running over there to try to try to get him back. It was a bruising game in the injuries from today. Nothing looks like it. Um, 
few cramps and a few little bits and pieces. I think Sam got a whack on the nose again, but other than damaging his boyish good looks, I don't think there's too much damage done. Well done. Thanks, Thanks. very much, Ross. Well, a massive you. thank you there to Dave Victor for sending over his post-match interview with Ross Embleton. I've got to say, I really like what Ross had to say there, especially at the beginning when he was looking at himself. He said he had to manage himself and reflect upon what he was doing. Um, and making us tactically better prepared. Yeah. So, you know, really great to see and great to hear those injured players like your Dayton's, your Turley's and McEnough starting to run again. I mean, when those three are back available, yeah. it's going to give Ross a very, very big headache. But thank you to Dave and well played to Mr. Embleton. So, Absolutely. your views on yesterday then? Um, oh no, let's do the league table first. Let's do the league table um, first. That point means that the Hoes are currently in 18th place in League Two having now played 8-1-2, drawn three, lost three, with a minus four goal difference and nine points. And as a coincidence, not a coincidence, but had we have won that game, uh, we would have been 13th on 11 points. So you can so, just see how tight and how compact that division yeah. currently is. And we've only, what, we're currently, what, eight games, so still lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of football. Marathon, not a sprint to be played. So your views then, Mr. Yeah, Lee, let's the do that now. After last week's result and performance, uh, this is a much needed result. I said to a mate on Saturday morning, um, we would get. A, I thought we'd get a draw, uh, and thankfully uh, we were right. I said any result, uh, a result for us would be not losing uh, that one. So a draw uh, was was great. Unlucky in some respects not to have got all three points with a late penalty, despite Exeter having lots of possession, lots of pressure and lots of attempts at our goal. Um, but that's football. Uh, I thought Ross, Danny and Joby have made good decisions for this game uh, and all the changes paid off and an outcome that not many would have said we would have got, after, particularly after last week's display against Swindon. It's a fantastic result to build on for a difficult game this Tuesday night against Crewe. Good for points. you? Yeah, for me, I thought it was a good point, which we all would have taken before the game, but once the full-time whistle had gone and to lead for so long in the second half, I think... It's a bit yeah. disappointing, but yeah. definitely taking the Fair point. Yeah. I said a week, I fancied us to take something from the game. Saying it would be typical Leighton Orient to go and beat Exeter and then to lose the crew or Colchester like the week after. Or but Stevenage in the future or something Really like that, good, yeah. but great spirit to come back into the game so quickly after going behind. Uh, and once at 2-1, I thought this feels like a last season performance. It feels like something that would have happened last season by yeah. going to go behind and turning it around. But credit to Ross for his starting lineup, made a few bold and brave decisions. I was happy he started Marsh, and by all accounts, he's played very well. Angle took his goal well. Uh, and nice to see Brill get a bit bit of praise following a lot of criticism for Dion yeah. last week. So well done to those. best game last week, did he? Let's be honest. No, but it's good to see that he's, he's made not, up for it this week. Well, he's followed it up with a better yeah. and more decent performance. And for me, it shows you know we can mix it with team. Well, the team at the top, and we use that as a confidence builder to go into Tuesday and try and get something from crew that'll be another difficult game but there's no reason why we can't kick on from here yeah, absolutely no no uh, no reason at all so that was us those were our views and a huge amount of feedback as you can imagine after this match so thank you to everybody who sent their views into our social media accounts and again we'll try and read out as many as we can but just because we read them it doesn't mean that we agree with them Yeah. Uh, I had a message from Warren who sits by us who says we were lucky to be 2-1 up goals were both very fortunate uh, but it's a shame we couldn't hold on Coulson wasn't great today and it looked like we would not finish with 11 players but they dug in JMD was very poor Marsh was solid a good result away to the leaders very critical of Coulson and JMD there so thank you Warren I've mentioned before I think if we keep the four at the back 
I think Coulson's got his work cut out. I think Marv has steadily been improving. And we saw a few tweets saying Marv was much better and yeah. really improving. And I think Happy's the same. It's going to be really interesting to see which one gets the nod. Yeah. Which one of the three has to be benched. Really interesting mm. times. So at Matty, LOFC, Evans tweeted us and says the formation worked. The lineup worked. Many of the players who were under fire proved their worth today. And just a shame, the last guy's penalties cost us maximum points. But today's proof for me, Ross is the man for us. And we can hack it in this league. So back to what Ross said, it's only his ninth, well, if you include the JPT game or the leasing.com, that's only his 11th game in charge this season of Orient. So of course he's learning. Of course he's making mistakes. But like he said, he reflects upon what he's doing he looks at himself and that's all you can ask for a new manager in the role yeah fair enough Vince Howard 73 said after the way we played last week and Exeter were free scoring at home whilst disappointing we didn't hold on for the win I think a draw is, a very, respect- is very respectable and should give us a bit of hope yeah I agree with that at Record Blue Ups is better than expected but disappointing to concede so late on we need to avoid making sloppy errors. Dan Alton, 2590, said, gutted not to win as we got so close, but it's a big improvement and still a good point. If Emerton ever goes five at the back again, he should be sectioned. Our players suit four at the back. Keep it going. Yeah, Boats, he says, gutted to draw, but a point at the top of the table is still great, but we must follow this up with three points against Crew. Speno011 said, good point, really stuck to our task. The ref gave us absolutely nothing, but we dug in and we deserved a point against a very decent Exeter side who never gave up. Reminds me of our comeback against Halifax. So credit to the boys. Very good showing. I thought Marsh was a rock. Yeah, some more praise there for Marsh at Bert underscore Daddies. Says would have grabbed the result with both hands before the game. The win would have been great, but clearly things aren't as desperate as some would have us believe. Great tweet there. Yeah, Ollie underscore Sonnenfeld said. Uh, Sonnenfeld said thought Gorman and Marsh battled hard in the middle. Thought um, thought today showed that our squad lacks a bit of depth. Alibi should be nowhere near the first eleven. Yeah, interesting there. But who would have thought? You know, we'd be all be raving about Gorman this time last season, and Clay is the one on the bench at D underscore Blundell. It says on reflection, a great result. But I think the only mistake was to bring Alibi on instead of Harold, as he always frightens defenses. And fair play to us, he's tried to explain the decision in his post match yeah. interviews. So hopefully, that's cleared. That one up. But I'd argue that Harold would hold the ball up and keep the ball up. Yeah. That end of the pitch. But I understand from Ross's explanation why he's made the decision he has. Essex Biz says, good performance, good team performance with plenty of grit and determination. Not sure where the seven minutes of injury time came from, but overall, a good point and a much improved display. On to another big game on Tuesday. Matt J. Nash said, good result. Team showed a lot of fight and passion against what looked like a very decent side. Impressed with Marsh. And the fault angle was excellent. And to be fair, their manager, the Exeter manager, came out after the match. And his post-match comments did say that angle was an absolute handful for their defenders, which is great for us to hear. Mm. Yep. Orient underscore Viking said, Marsh has to play. Gorman, very good. Ditto angle. Positive, but Alibi. What was the point of that? Needed to hold the ball up and Harold not bought on. Alibi was garbage. George Nicholas underscore one said, we showed many of the characteristics we had been asking for. It's hard to not let the manner of the draw disappoint us, but today's performance is a step in the right direction and I was extremely pleased with the hard work and determination and I'm curious to see what 11 starts next. Well, Ross did say no new injuries off the back of that performance. Yeah. Um, Cappy 
sounds like he'll be available for selection. So it'll be interesting to see if Ross goes with the same 11 or with a few changes. I guess we'll yeah. see on Tuesday. LOFC1978 said, Only Orient can leave you feeling gutted coming away with a point at the league leaders. Seriously, though, would have taken that before the game. At last, a change to four at the back, but this was forced upon Embleton with Happy being unable. But was this forced upon Embleton with Happy being unavailable? Yeah, good point. It certainly makes the choice easier. I guess at Orient Fan TV says, What a performance to say we're disappointed to only come away with a point to a team at the top of the t- table who are unbeaten shows how well we have played. If we take this performance onto Tuesday night and beyond, will be fine come the end of the season. Yeah, Jagsy1979 said, Considering we'd have all taken a draw pre-match, hard to be unhappy with the result, but could and probably should have won. Glad to see a much-improved performance and delighted that Dean Brill silenced a few haters today. His, save kept, his saves kept us in it. We must build on this for Tuesday. And a lovely tweet from a George Sessions. He still loves the O's. So yeah. George, welcome back to Orient Out of Twitter World. He said, really pleased Ross and Orient finally got some reward in Devon. Many will lose to Exeter, so 2 all is a very respectable result. Given Step Up and the Summer, always expected the O's to be inconsistent this season. And it's the case Stick with Ross and the team, they'll all be fine. Yeah, final word this week goes to only one team who says, Show, shows how well we've done today, as most will be disappointed with a point. Change in formation, more legs in midfield, pace up front. We didn't sit too deep, which was a huge issue for us last week. Yeah. Uh, nearly did a classic smash and grab away. Yeah, so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we have mentioned this evening. You can let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient's Outlook or by emailing us at orientoutlook at outlook.com or on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast or even on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore Very good. podcast. Yes, Prediction League update then. So well done, John McNabo, APK underscore music review, Julian Cabby 03, who all predicted two all, so you guys get three points. But extra special kudos to uh, Neil SGCPO, Nice Shot Steve, uh, Mark Soicher and Orient Boy and Lissimore underscore Ian who predicted two all and one scorer so you guys get four points but actual extra special well done to Sean underscore yeah. you predicted two all and both scorers I mean there should be a bonus for that but we don't do that five points you take my friend I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, if you know the lottery numbers for Tuesday, let, let me know. You know, drop us a DM. Yeah, so well done to amazing. Sean. So that means the top of the prediction league table is as follows. So at 10 points, Steve Chaplin reigns supreme. At 9 points, I rockin' back 72. And that's Sue underscore Mance close to behind. Sue, it's nice to see you in Loughton Morrison's. Um, and good luck for the upcoming season in the prediction league. Seven points uh, will get you into third place at the moment. And Alan AVM1502 is there. Alan Reeves 2 is there, CM Oriental is there, as well as Stephen Orient. And thank you, as always, for all of your predictions. There are lots of points up for grabs this week, so make sure you get your predictions into us. Absolutely. So Sunday, the 15th of September, the ladies maintained their unbeaten start to the season with a convincing 3-1 away win against Stevenage ladies. A double from Atesha Charles and one from Connie Montiel. So well done to the ladies. Absolutely outstanding. Smashing it this season. Norwich ladies got smashed 5-0 again. Did they? Today. Look at you, ladies, man. (laughs) 
Well, you've got to be on top of these things, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, earlier in the week, the ladies were drawn away to Burgess Hill Town Ladies in the first round of the Isthmian League Cup as they looked to retain the trophy. That's obviously the one they won last season. The date of this fixture and time is to be confirmed. So, yeah, well done, ladies. Yeah, so at 47 minutes, let's wrap this up, although we do have an eight-minute message from Nigel Travis coming up shortly. So, fantasy football update. Jack Harrison currently leads the Orient out of the podcast Fantasy Football League. He's five points ahead of Andy Chalk in second place. I'm in 119th place out of 286 okay. players. I had De Bruyne as my captain. And thanks to Pep, he was on the bench. So thank you there to Pep. So who was your deputy cap, sub-cap? Doesn't matter because De Bruyne got on and managed to get me all of the sum of two, two points. points. Yeah, so thank oh, you there to Pep. And Dream Team update though, I'm very much better. A Brown... Currently leads the podcast Dream Team League ahead of Michael Head in second place. I'm in seventh place out of 82 players. Very well done. So positives and negatives this week. So I'll start with the positives. The result and performance against Exeter will give the team a much needed boost of confidence. Absolutely. I mean, after last week, like you, we've gone through it in all the views. You know, bang on, line up much better, performance much better. Didn't sit too deep. Got in so their happy from where we came yeah, from. Yeah, it's a million miles away. Leanne Goal has got three goals in eight league games now, so um, he's he's on for a good uh, return uh, this season. Um, and the formation Ross selected played a lot more to our strengths as well. So I think that obviously ties into the first to the first point. But no, generally a good day for us yesterday. Yeah, really good. So we really obviously we mentioned the formation at the end of last week's show, and it was pretty close to that give or take. You know. So, yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, absolutely. For us, negatives in, first of all, James Brophy's injury, so we hope it's not too serious. It didn't sound too bad no. in Ross's post-match. Doesn't sound like he'll be ready for Tuesday, in honesty. The rest will probably do Ross said, But we'll yeah. see what happened. Second negative, conceding a late penalty and obviously not winning the game. Obviously, we yeah. all would have taken a point beforehand, but disappointing to concede in the 93rd minute. And last of all, I mean... It depends on the way you look at this. Six bookings shows you we're not not making challenges. And last week that ref might not given any, and the ref didn't want yeah. to give any. Yeah. This week we get six bookings against Exeter. Absolutely. So hero of the week. Then as we move on towards the end of this episode, we decided to put this out to fellow fans to vote following the Exeter match, and we nominated Lee Angle, Dean Brill, Louis Dennis and George Marsh, and following 107 votes in 24 hours, here's how you voted. Yes, yeah, so we're fourth place with 15% of the vote, Lee Angle. Yeah, third with 18% of the vote, and narrowly missing out on second by 1%, it's Dean Brill. Yeah, and in second place with 19% of the votes, it's... Louis Dennis. Yeah, Louis Dennis, which means your winner with a massive 48% of the vote was George Marsh. So our hero of the week is George Marsh. Well done, George. Yeah, and we mentioned, you know, making yourself undroppable. I think George Marsh has pretty much made himself undroppable for Tuesday, Tuesday night. Could you imagine yeah. if George Marsh isn't in that starting eleven? Not yeah, because actually. he's our hero of the week, but just because of how well he did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're not that influential at all, so yeah, absolutely. people thinking that. So next week's fixtures in. So it's another busy, busy week coming up at the O's as we have two league fixtures coming up. So first... We entertain Crew Alexandra on Tuesday, the 17th of September, at the home of football, Brisbane Road. Crew having a very good season so far. They're yeah. fifth currently in League Two. They did lose yesterday. They lost three to at home to Cambridge United, although they did have 10 men for yeah. a lot of the game. Yeah, they the did game, look yeah. good up front. So if you see us in or around the ground, come say hello 
and why not even give us an IOI? Absolutely. This this is followed up with the A12 derby on Saturday, the 21st of September, as we head just up the road to Colchester United. A bit of a local away day for all of us. Colchester are currently one place above us in 17th. Uh, in, in League 2 after losing 1-0 to Forest Green Rovers on Saturday. So if you're going, have a safe journey. And uh, why not tweet us your journey on your journey during or after the match uh, as we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so Colchester had a really good start to the league. They've kind of faded um, in the last couple of weeks. So maybe mm. a good time to play Colchester and another couple of dates, I guess, for this week. Because obviously tomorrow is the fans forum. So we look forward to of seeing course. what comes out of the fans forum. And obviously we mentioned it before, but as revealed on Orient Hour, keep your eyes open on Friday as the third kit gets revealed. As mentioned, we have seen it, but if we told you what it looked like, we'd have to kill you. <laughs> so we won't be doing that. So to end the podcast, Nigel Travis was in the UK for yesterday's game. He's also here for Tuesday's game. And as always, when he's here, we'd like to get a message across. And thanks to Nigel for sending this message over this morning. So here is Nigel Travis. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Nigel. Um, I'm sitting in my flat in uh, Notting Hill, having just returned from a delightful run in Kensington Gardens and Hyde Park. Uh, Yeah, life feels good. And it's a few weeks since I last spoke to you when I was on the podcast with David and my son, Ian. Well, they're both my sons, actually. (laughs) Anyway, uh, a lot has happened since then. We've uh, played more games. We now sit at 18th spot in League Two which I think is a reasonable start uh, as we transition from the National League up to uh, League Two. And it's interesting looking back at the National League to see some of the teams like Fylde and Chesterfield down the bottom of the table. It shows what a difficult league it was to get out of. We've also seen the very sad demise of Berry. I'll come back to that later. So I think my theme today is life is good and we have to keep a balanced perspective going forward. I'm also looking forward to a delightful day after my run. I've got uh, the opportunity to go to my first test match in about uh, 16 years today. So looking forward to England perhaps pulling off a win. And then tonight I watch my beleaguered Miami Dolphins, who take on my local New England Patriots. Uh, And it's an interesting perspective in that in American sports, teams do what's known as tanking. In other words, effectively planning to lose so they get high draft picks the next year. I personally hate the system. The Miami Dolphins could be the worst team ever uh, with the aim of getting as many as 15, 16 picks in the next two years. Of course, we don't have that in British sports. We have relegation, both in cricket and football. Uh, And I think that keeps everyone very honest. So let me just step back from football, from all the sport. And one of the ways I try and do that is by listening to podcasts. Uh, And obviously this is one that I listen to, the uh, Orient podcast. Um, I also participate in quite a few. Did one the other week, which was very reflective, why I read non-fiction. So I try and read and listen to podcasts. Newspapers, there's a fascinating article this morning that I think shows how football is evolving by Eddie Howe in the sports section of the Sunday Times. Encourage you to read it. So let me tackle one question that constantly comes up. You know, why is it important that we build a sustainable club? And by that, I mean just about break even. Uh, You've heard the numbers before. 
that we think when we inherited the club, we were losing about four million. Our goal this year is to get it down to just over a million loss. And, and I want to put that into perspective. Why is it important? Well, I think the first thing is for the f- since the first time since I think it was 92 when Maidstone left the league, Berry unfortunately left the league. Bolton came very close. So I think this is going to cause a lot of reflection in the football league about the owners they have. Uh, obviously, that's a subject we're very much experts on. Um, both from the present and the recent past. Secondly, I think they're going to look at the whole fair play set up, the salary cap, call it what you want. And I think it's important that we reflect on that. I think it's also interesting, if you stand back from it, to say the rate of of failure in football is amazingly low. Let me compare that with American companies. If you take the companies that were on the stock exchange in the 1950s, there were 29,000. Today, 78% do not exist as a standalone company. Yes, half were acquired, but half failed. I think that shows how difficult it is to sustain a club over a long time and to show how difficult it is to sustain a company over a long time. And, of course, Lane Orient have been going since 1881. So how do we do that? Well, we continually need to refresh our finances until we get to a sustainable position. And I personally want to bring in money so that we can work on some major projects. Like, could we have a new pitch? How do we replace an East Stand? Projects like that. And, and I think one of the great things that the Barry Hearn uh, era, and I know some people disagree with me on this, is that Barry creatively managed to sustain the club and to move the club forward by updating the stadium. The second thing is that we have to make our club more efficient and effective. And I have to tell you, Daddy Macklin is like a maniac with a mission at trying to do that. He's looking for all kinds of ways to bring in more sponsors, um, find ways to grow attendances, etc., etc. Um, the next thing is that we have to develop new businesses. And we've got several new businesses we're working on. Streaming is one. I'll come back to that later. Another one is the soccer camps. And since I spoke last time, I went to a... Uh, a camp in New York, Fishkill, where we had 155 kids. And we've done camps this year in China, Denmark, and the US. So that's the kind of new businesses that we need, and we've got some other ideas as well. We obviously need to get more crowds, and, and that's both obviously a success on the field, the environment we create on match day, and also, um, obviously, success. Uh, we want to look for more events, how we can use our stadium more. I've talked to you about that before. It's called non-match day revenue. Clearly, the next uh, aspect of sustaining the club is success on the field. And we obviously have to find a way to invest in the team. And I must say, I'm really delighted with the new players who've come in. I think we've got some great characters. And I saw that firsthand yesterday at Exeter. Uh, we've obviously, as a team... Uh, going through a little bit of a transition, clearly getting over the sad events of the summer with Justin's passing has been difficult for everyone. But I think everyone's very focused on improvement. I think the coaching team are doing a terrific job. They're learning as they go. They're very reflective. And and all the time, they're analysing how Leighton Orient can get better. And clearly, the team did a great job yesterday transitioning from, a let's say, poor performance last week to a terrific one yesterday 
at the leaders Exeter. So, as I stand back from all that, I feel we're positioned very well on all those uh, aspects. Uh, so let me bring, come right back to the present and football. Great performance yesterday. Um, I think we would have all agreed that the 2-2 draw would be a successful outcome. We came very close to winning. Uh, and I think some of the highlights uh, were uh, the strong battling performance of everyone. I think uh, George did a terrific job on his debut in midfield. Uh, but to me, uh, Marvin Egpetita stood out as a real lion at the back. And Lee Engel's control throughout the game was magnificent. I'm looking forward to Tuesday night. That's going to be another big test. Crew are way up the table. And uh, as I look at that table, they're positioned fifth after a defeat yesterday. And then we have another tough game away to Colchester, who have slipped down the table a little bit, uh, being one um, place ahead of us. So lots of good tests coming up. I think we'll learn a lot about the team, our players and our coaching over the next few weeks. So all I can ask you to do is keep turning up, support the O's, and I'll see you all Tuesday. Thank you. So thank you there to Nigel Travis for sending that message over this morning. So Nigel, as he said, will be at the game on Tuesday. And Nigel asked us to mention on Tuesday that UK fans can stream the crew game. So it's only the Saturday 3pm games that you can't stream. So I think the club tweeted earlier today. But if you are in the UK and you can't make it on Tuesday, you can stream the game. I think for a price of £10. So if you want to stream the game, go onto the club's Twitter feed to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that pretty much rounds off this week. Um, sponsorship reminder, don't forget, uh, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads with a Z uh, on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. That is it. Thank you for joining us for episode 193. Yeah, it was a quiet week at the O's as the focus was on picking ourselves up after the Swindon match and getting a result at High Flying Exeter. And after a much better performance, we saw the boys almost take all three points, only to be denied by a very, very late penalty as the game ended 2-2. This week is a busy one at the club, with six points up for grabs as the fixtures come thick and fast. We've got crew, as we've said, on Tuesday night, and then the A12 derby away at Colchester next Saturday. We'll be keeping calm and backing Ross, Danny and Joby and all the boys all the way, and make sure you are too. Yes, we'll be back next week with episode 194 as that 200 gets ever nearer yeah. we'll have all the information news views updates that you could ever need so if you're listening on iTunes we know you subscribe but come on pull your finger out give us a review that 60 reviews hasn't moved now in three weeks and we know we can see who's listening on iTunes so we are coming for you so come on pull your fingers out get those five star ratings up and those comments added and if you're listening on SoundCloud Spotify tune in Stitcher, any Android app, add us to your favourites and that way the podcasts get automatically uploaded to your phone and if you've got a smart speaker, it couldn't be easier. It can't be All easier. you have to do is stand up and say, Alexa, I'm not going to say it because my Alexa might actually pick this up, play the Orient Outlook podcast and it will play it for you. It's play that easy. The Orient Outlook podcast. That is easy for you. So there's no excuses not to pass the pod, not to get people listening and like Nigel said, well, Nigel messaged saying he was speaking to someone who didn't know you could stream the game on Tuesday. And I said, well, you should have told him to listen to the pod then. Because had he listened, he would have heard what you had said previously. 
And no, and that's, no. that's the thing is that, that Nigel's message won't be anywhere else. It's not going to be used suddenly by the club. Like Dave's uh, interview is obviously used by the club as well. And we're very lucky that we get that. But actually what you're getting here is exclusive stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else. So it's interesting. It's a bit different. Um, but yeah, no, thanks to everybody who has listened to the previous episodes. They're not deleted. They're all still there. You can listen to them. We've also got a few mugs left. Um, uh, again, if you're looking for a birthday gift or you know, Christmas is only around the corner, dare I say that dirty word now, uh, great stocking filler for just a fiver, uh, plus your postage. And, and yeah, that, that wraps up this week at an hour and three minutes. Yeah, so a massive thank Thanks, you once Nigel. again to Nigel for sending over his morning message. And we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Have a great week. We've got a new tune to play about this week. We have. Bit, a bit left field this, this week, but it's from an e-postcode boy band Mate. from yesteryear. Uh, it's going to be all right, and I think we're going to be fine this season. Yeah, so all I have to say is keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook the podcast. Up the O's. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right.